0: Hey, welcome to the Resolve Podcast, episode number 59. I'm Carly Tizano, a New Year's resolution coach obsessed with all things goal-setting, personal development, coaching, and of course, resolutions. One of my biggest goals is to help you reach yours. I'm here to provide the tools, support, and inspiration you need to reach your goals this year and every year, and to feel supported every day along the way. Today we're diving into a topic that I have been thinking about for a while and Heidi, who we've heard from on the podcast and who we're going to be hearing from again very soon, helped me conceptualize this idea. You've heard snippets into our normal conversations and it was just something that came up one time while we were talking and I pretty much instantly knew it was something that I wanted to talk about on the podcast, but inadvertently I just kept putting off recording this episode and just kind of kept notes on my phone about what I wanted to talk about. And I even had it on my recording schedule. and I moved it a couple of times as other topics came up that I guess I felt more driven to talk about. And I think this is the perfect example of how my word of the year alignment has been so important throughout the year as so many of these moments have happened because this past week I was at a training and they actually talked about a concept very similar, pretty much the same, but kind of conceptualized in a different way that I had, never heard of or wasn't really familiar with that is so in line with this topic. And if I had recorded this episode even just a few weeks ago, I wouldn't have known about this tie-in that I'm going to make and this like official concept (laughs) and approach we're going to take when also talking about this topic today. If I didn't have alignment as my word of the year, I might not be able to conceptualize these moments where things really just come together and connect in the way that I have been able to as a result of having that as my word of the year over the last 10 months or so. And it has been really powerful to have that as a framework through which I can look at and process my experiences of this year. And I have had similar experiences, too, in past years with my word of the year. But of course, this one, because that's pretty much what alignment means or the way that I conceptualize it, it's even more apt and draws my mind and attention to those things when they do occur. So that's kind of a little bit of a caveat in our conversation today. And then we're going to be diving into a resolution investigation at the end. But before we get to that, let's dive into the topic we're going to be looking at today, which is the process of change. And this is kind of like the topic of emotions, which we touched on a couple of weeks ago back in episode 57, in that it's something that does have to do with goals. And we can take this into consideration when we're working on our goals or the way we approach goals. And it's good knowledge to have, but it isn't necessarily only applicable to goals. But it is the container that we're going to be looking at this through goals and habits and change in that sense is what we're going to be looking at. This particularly ties in with the kind of goals which are more like habits, but they don't have to be habits. They can also be attributes that we want to develop, like frequently I'll hear clients who want to spend the year focused on loving more or being more patient or another one that a client had a few years ago that really stood out to me was the idea of she wanted to lie less and not lie in a big major sense but just when someone asked her a question like instead of giving kind of the simple answer that was like half true particularly in situations where it didn't really matter she wanted to tell the whole truth like there's no reason to change the facts or exaggerate in any way like she just wanted to say things the way that they were and it was so interesting having her mention that because then I just noticed how often in my life it just feels so much easier to tell half the story or to exaggerate even just a little to make a point and So it really brought to mind and my attention when that happens. And so I am much less likely to do it now just because why do it? That's not in line alignment. Here we go again with the person that I want to be. So that was uh, another little caveat there. But whether we are working on or want to integrate something like that, where we want to develop a particular attribute in ourselves or develop a habit like going to the gym, that's another good one, or even kind of a micro habit, I find myself indulging in micro habits, I tend to think of something like not checking your phone when you go to bed, not checking your phone first thing when you wake up. Neither of those are micro habits, which I indulge in, by the way. (laughs) I definitely reach for my phone first thing in the morning and last thing at night. And the micro habits that I tend to indulge in are (laughs) really random ones. And they're really not based in anything like not looking at your phone first thing in the morning or last thing before you go to bed. Those to me have some scientific basis or social science basis for those recommendations that have been given to us by a variety of sources. But to me, microhabit will be one recently that came up is when I get in my car, I plug my phone in, and then I will often allow whatever I'm listening to, normally a podcast or an audiobook. And yes, I even like have it playing out of my phone as I walk from my house to my car. I'll let it transition into my car to play through the speakers in my car as I head out and get on the road. But I noticed, and again, this is like a micro habit, so it doesn't really matter, but I noticed that I would plug it in and kind of leave my phone in my lap, which isn't really a big deal. And I don't look at my phone while I'm driving, but I've just decided I don't want to do that anymore. I want to put it down in the center console. There's no reason for it to be in my lap. And so that's a micro habit that I recently decided I want to just start putting it down. There's no reason to have it in my lap. That is an example, that we're going to use, or all of those kind of categories are things we're gonna look at through the process of change to talk about what the process of change looks like. So the overarching process of change that I've noticed, when you want to make a change, you first begin to notice that you wanna make a change after the opportunity for change has passed. So the phone thing is a great example because I plug my phone in and then I'm driving down the road 10 minutes later and I realize, oh, my phone is in my lap. It's not in the center console where I want it to be. So that is an opportunity I plug my phone in. And after that happened, sometimes a few minutes, sometimes longer, I realized, oh, I missed that opportunity to establish that habit of putting it down in the console. Another phone related one is oftentimes I know I have fallen victim to this. This is one that fortunately for me kind of resolved itself. And I haven't thought about it much except for recently. I've had like two or three times when this happened. And so it brought it back to my mind again, which is perfect because I get to talk about it now. But it's just that idea of not being fully focused on a conversation, particularly if your phone is just nearby or in your hand or even if you're looking at something like of relevance to the conversation or trying to finish a text message and get it off, whatever it may be. There's just that sense after a conversation sometimes where you weren't fully engaged or present in the conversation that you want to be most often because of your phone. Although sometimes it's just like you're really trying to think through something or you just got distracted in your brain which also occurs too. But normally you begin the process of change by recognizing after the fact, I responded and I did this thing. I wasn't paying attention to that conversation and I want to be. That's not how I want to respond when there's someone who's engaging with me in real life. Or if we're talking about more of a characteristic that you want to embody, you may get mad at someone for doing something and realize after the fact, okay, I probably didn't respond in the way that is most healthy or that I wanted to. Or if you want to develop a habit, you may be on your couch at 10 p.m. eating a bunch of Oreos and realize I meant to go to the gym today and I didn't do that. You're just kind of noticing after the fact, Okay, that thing that I wanted to do didn't occur. So that is the first step to change. It can be easy to think that that's nothing or to beat ourselves up after the fact when we realize we had this opportunity for change, particularly to take action in a way that we want to as it relates to our goals or resolutions or just the person we want to be. And I noticed that with myself, even in my micro habits that I want to develop, a lot of times I'll beat myself up because I didn't adhere to the standard that I have completely arbitrarily set for myself. But I have been able to recognize that that is the first step towards changing anything is to have that after the fact moment where you recognize, oh, that's a change I want to make. And normally in that moment, you're remembering and realizing why you want to make that change to begin with. Okay, the next time, which is closely related, is realizing it in the moment. (laughs) When you recognize in the moment, okay, I am doing the thing. I am in that moment where change needs to occur. So that would be as I plug my phone in and I'm like in the process of setting it down on my lap, I realize, oh, no, that's not where I want my phone to go. I need to put it in the center console. Or in the moment... Wow, I am scrolling on my phone and this person is talking to me. That's not what I want to be doing. Or you're in the process of yelling back at someone who, for some reason, are angry at. And in that moment, you can feel yourself and you notice that you're responding that way. Or you remember as you're leaving work, oh, I wanted to go to the gym, but you maybe don't follow through. It's in that moment that we had taken the next step from the after to the during. And that is important, too, because once again, we're likely to beat ourselves up in the during of recognizing we have the potential for change or we should be doing something differently in this moment. And we're not. But it's important to realize that in that moment, you have taken one step already. You aren't in the after anymore in realizing, oh, I should have done that. You're recognizing in the moment, I want to do something differently. And often and ideally, you have the opportunity to make a different choice in that moment. From there, it's pretty obvious that in the during, then we move to the before. And so that is when you can recognize okay, I'm getting in the car, I'm walking out to my car, the podcast is playing, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to plug my phone in and put it down. And so if you can have that going in your head and recognize that moment is coming, you are going to be more likely to make a different choice. Even if maybe you forget by the time you get in your car, your brain has started to recognize and process okay, this is what needs to happen and this is what I want to have happen. The same goes for. Engaging with someone and feeling yourself reach for your phone and recognizing in that moment, okay, that's not what I want to do. I want to make a different choice. Or you're angry with someone, and before you open your mouth to respond to whatever it is they said or whatever it is they did, it comes to mind how you want to approach and handle that situation. Or you're grabbing your keys and walking out the door from work. So before you pass the gym, you have remembered it has come to your brain, oh, yeah, I want to go to the gym after work, or I want to become a person who goes to the gym after work. So that before is the next step you have brought your brain and you're strengthening that neural pathway you can see, it is becoming stronger and it's becoming a more well-trodden path of this is the way that I want to act and respond when these triggers happen or when I'm in this certain situation. We can sometimes combine the before and this next step, which is the before when you make a different choice. Sometimes those kind of go together because if you notice it before, then maybe you can take a different action before the situation occurs. But sometimes we do have to recognize they're two different steps. And so if they are two different steps for you, That's okay. Don't beat yourself up over it. So, if you have started to build that neural pathway before the situation occurs, the next step is to recognize okay, this is occurring again, and then choose to make a different choice. So, that is realizing okay, I'm getting in the car, I'm going to put the phone down. Or I am going out to dinner with my friends and I'm going to leave my phone in my car or in my purse or in my pocket or even just in the moment, choosing not to reach to any of those places or even lift up your hand to view it when you're engaging with someone directly. Or it's noticing before you go and engage with a person who sometimes upsets you a little bit, or you go into a situation where sometimes you get mad, realizing that's going to happen and choosing in advance how you're going to respond. And then in the moment, following through. You remember in the morning, oh yeah, I want to go to the gym after work. So you pack your bag and you bring your running shoes so that you are ready. And so that In that moment, as you leave work and that neural pathway completes that thought of, oh, yeah, I need to go to the gym after work, you actually follow through and take that action. So that is the process of change. And it's important because I think we need to give ourselves credit for every step. Every step is important in terms of both attitude and behavior change. This process happens. And sometimes we can kind of jump through all of the steps. We want to make a change, and all of a sudden, we're doing that thing. But for a lot of us, I think the process is a little bit more gradual, and we need to give ourselves credit for all of those successes along the way and to recognize which step we're in so that we can determine what needs to happen next. And I think also the strengthening of neural pathways idea is important because that's how the brain works, and we're going to be talking more about thoughts in our next solo show episode. We'll hang on to that thought for a little bit longer. But as we make different choices and how we want to act and react, the process of change is really important. So, this also can be tied back into the life coaching model, which we talked about in episode 21. And that's the idea that our circumstances are neutral and then our thoughts create our feelings and our feelings drive our actions and then our actions create our results. So, normally for me, so there are kind of two areas in the model where you maybe are going to notice that you either want change to occur, or you need change to occur. You might just notice it in the action line after it's happened. Like, I took that action. But for me, I have found it's normally in my feeling line when I leave a situation and something just feels off. Like if I was on my phone and someone's engaging with me and then we end up finishing the conversation, even moments later, I will have a feeling like an unsettled feeling, not an upset feeling, but I'm just not pleased with myself and how I showed up in that moment. But maybe for you, it's a thought. Maybe you're just thinking intellectually about a change that you want to make. And so that is your trigger often for recognizing this process is occurring or that it needs to occur. So your trigger can be any of those things, but maybe recognizing what it is for you is important and valuable to see and to identify this change that's going on in your own life. Whether you recognize it or not, I would bet that you are in the process of change in some area of your life. But so this class that I went to a couple of weeks ago talked about the stages of change. And this is an idea by Prochaska and DiClemente, and it's in a diagram like a cycle but it's not something you probably want to complete the cycle on as you'll hear in a moment the first stage in the stages of change is the idea of pre-contemplation so you're not even interested in change or you don't even really notice it's going back to the idea of whether you your thought feeling or action is what drives you to notice that a change needs to occur so Before that even happens, you're in pre-contemplation, which to me is just kind of nothing, like you're just living your life. But then the next stage of change that they talk about is the contemplation stage. So this is when you are thinking about change. You've started to conceptualize it, but you're not really committed to making change yet. So this would be when you do notice in your thoughts or your feelings or your actions, something here is not right. Probably back to alignment again. The idea of it's not in alignment with the person you want to be or the goals that you've set. If you set the goal to go to the gym and you're not going to the gym, then you're probably going to be in this contemplation stage of thinking about like, hmm, I wonder why that hasn't happened yet. But you may not be actually committed to making change yet. This could also be the case if you haven't even set that goal, but maybe you're thinking about setting that goal. So it could be either, I think, or I would argue, whether or not you've set the goal, if you're not taking action towards it yet, you may still be in this contemplation stage. The next stage that they talk about is preparation. So this is when you are starting to take action. You maybe are making small steps, maybe starting to attempt these actions. So maybe you are packing your bag to go to the gym in the morning and putting it in your car, but you still aren't going after work. Or maybe you have purchased the gym membership, but you have yet to go. So you are beginning to take the steps towards preparation. And. This is often when building and changing our thoughts begins to occur, because as we know in the self-coaching model, our actions are driven by our feelings, but our thoughts are what cause our feelings. So we may be trying to motivate ourselves to go to the gym, trying to get that feeling of motivation to drive our action of going to the gym. But in order to create that feeling, what we're having to do is establish and cultivate thoughts that are going to motivate us to go to the gym. This is often where a lot of mental gymnastics... Um, A very apt phrase for this example is occurring as our brains are trying to begin to establish those neural pathways of this change that we want to have occur and why we want to have it occur and what it's going to take for us mentally and physically and emotionally to get us to that place where we are ready to take action. They also note that you may be more verbal about it in this stage. So maybe this is when you do set the goal or you express that goal to someone else. If you want accountability, maybe this is the phase where you start to prepare to seek it out or to seek it out. And that takes us to the next stage, which is action, when you are engaging in the new behaviors that you want proactively. And it may take a while, I want to give that caveat, to get to the action stage. And that's totally okay because I would contend it's just as hard to get from contemplation to preparation as it is to get from preparation to action because both require a commitment. One is like an intellectual commitment and one is a physical commitment of I am telling my brain I'm going to commit to this change. And then the next is convincing our brain to convince us to actually follow through on it. And that's the same for going to the gym or being less angry or telling the truth. All of it falls into that category of engaging in that behavior, particularly in The case of a habit, which any of these could be in some way conceptualized as telling the truth, putting your phone down, all of that. Once it has been established, then you can move into the maintenance stage where it's really about stability and just sustaining your ongoing practices of whatever those behaviors or actions are that you wanted to establish. So ideally, for most of these examples, we want that idea. We want that to go on indefinitely, at least in the sense of probably telling the truth, loving people more, being less angry. For me, who knows if I'm going to keep putting my phone down in the center console. Does it really matter? No, probably not in the grand scheme of things, especially if I get a new car, a new phone. Like, who knows how technology is going to develop in the future. But for me, I plan to maintain and continue to develop that habit going into the future, at least for now. And the final stage of change that they mentioned that I think most of us do not want to get to is the idea of relapse, having returned to our former behaviors, and if we do so, then having the shame or self-sabotage that's kind of inherent along within that. And then from relapse, you move back to the top of the stages, which is pre-contemplation, and you're not interested in changing, which may or may not be true. Maybe from relapse, you would move back into contemplation because this is a change you have made and have convinced yourself to make in the past. We could argue that a little bit, but ideally, we want to draw the line, I think, after maintenance or in terms of my process of change, we just want to stop once we notice beforehand that we want to take a particular course of action, and then we follow through and take that course of action. That is the process of change established by me and the stages of change, as discussed by Prochaska and Clemente, both of which I think are interesting to consider and to apply over the framework of our own lives, just to think about when in the past we may have gone through something similar or related, because I think. We all live out these principles in our lives, whether we notice it or not. And by giving ourselves verbiage and language around these habits or processes that we go through, we're better able to understand ourselves and our actions, particularly because I think when it comes to change, a lot of times it happens without us noticing or it's not happening when we really want it to and we don't know why. So that's why these concepts are so powerful. And I also wanted to point out, coming back to another principle that we've talked about on the podcast that is... Related, and I think one of my favorite topics that I have talked about on the podcast, and that is the hierarchy of values, which we talked about in episode 23. Because the hierarchy of values fits really well in with this, because once we know and understand the process of change, we can begin to intentionally cultivate it. And one of the best ways to do that is to recognize areas in our lives where maybe the hierarchy of values isn't being lived out in the way that we want it to. And that again comes back to that idea of where are we feeling unaligned or disappointed in ourselves or frustrated or any emotion that we don't want to intentionally feel and then we can apply kind of the hierarchy of values over that and then consider from there and recognize which values aren't being lived out or aren't having the priority that we feel that they should in our own lives and from there then we can conceptualize through the process of change or the stages of change what changes actually need to occur in order to begin to make that change whether that be We're starting to notice after the fact, okay, I need to take different action here, or in the pre contemplation, into contemplation, and then into preparation and action stages, and on from there. So that's the idea of the process of change. And so I want you to resolve to find a time in your own life when you have used the process of change, whether inadvertently or on purpose, or if you have a different language around this idea, feel free to reach out. I'd love to chat through this idea with you. Maybe help to continue to develop my own ideas or just to hear how you approach change in your own life. I think it's so fascinating to see and understand the ways that different people approach even a lot of the same transformations in their own life as it comes to goals or habits or resolutions or just any other attitude or behavior change. Okay, and then I want to dive into a resolution investigation. And this is something that struck me recently. One of my big resolutions for this year has been to publish my book. So, If you're a longtime listener of the podcast, you know a little bit about my book and a little bit about When it was like to write the book, getting the idea right before the pandemic, and then suddenly having all of this time during the pandemic in which I could work on it. And then last year, really doing the editing process. And honestly, at that point, it was really only apparently half done because I almost doubled (laughs) the number of words last year. And then this year was really all about scaling it back, going through a bunch of rounds of edits, designing a cover. At the moment, my interior of the book is being designed, and I've done all of my research around publishing. So it's really the final pieces are coming together. But what struck me especially as I looked back over this past year and especially as I consider it to be one of the bigger or heftier goals that I've set. And I knew it would take most of the year because there were a lot of steps that I wanted to go through. All these people that I wanted to have read it and having to get their edits back and incorporating them and doing all of the different steps that went into getting the cover designed. And from there, like I knew that's what I needed to do, but then figuring out all of the steps after that, the sourcing and ISBN numbers and finding a publisher, all of that I had general ideas about, but it took some time to get those things to fall into place. But what actually struck me as I have looked back over this year, particularly in light of going to grad school, which has been my other major goal of this year, and how much time that has taken up, like four to five hours every workday to move through those programs. And all of that has been, What I've expected. If if anything, it's been a little less than what I expected. But in comparison to that, publishing my book has taken very little time. At the beginning, I had to correspond with the people who were going to read it and determine the format they wanted to get it in and then get it to them. Let's be real. None of that was that intensive. Even getting their edits back was not that intensive. They were all very kind when it came to my book. And it did take some time, but it didn't take a ton of time. And then figuring out the next steps. Since I've shared on the podcast before, I'm not someone who spends a lot of time researching. I'll research a substantive amount, and then I'll make a decision, and then I'll move on. Those steps didn't take too much time either. And as I progress through the process, it's just been one thing at a time. But most of the year, the book has been out of my hands, in the hands of someone else, as they're doing either what I've asked them to do or hired them to do. And we've moved through the process to get to where we are now and to get the book in your hands before the end of the year. But it just has been interesting to me to consider how little this major resolution has actually required from me. And not all resolutions are like that, like grad school or like when I wrote this book a couple years ago. Like it took hours upon hours upon hours to get it done. And not that this goal or resolution hasn't taken hours, but it has taken cumulatively not that many hours, (laughs) particularly in the conception of all the hours that we have in a year in which we can take action. It has taken very few. And some that I didn't probably expect to spend so much time on have taken a lot, like my resolution to do a typing program. I'll be sharing a more complete update on that later. But let's be real. That has taken much more time and intentional conscious effort than I probably planned or expected going into the year. And that's okay. particularly because it can often be done in conjunction with something else. But I think a lot of times what holds us back from going after the things that we want to is a fear of how long it will take, particularly in light of all the other things we have going on in our lives. And I don't want us to be held back by that because often we don't have an accurate conception of how long something is going to take. Whether we overestimate or underestimate, it doesn't really matter. But we're normally inaccurate, at least on some level. But what matters more, regardless of how long it takes us to do something, is the doing of that thing. Because even if something were to happen outside of my control, and I couldn't publish my book this year, I'm not going to regret however many hours I have spent working on getting it to publication, and I'll finish next year. There was even a time, I think I shared about this too, where I was considering pushing my graduate program out because I was able to condense it to take all my classes this year, January to December. But there was a time when I was thinking about maybe drawing it out a little bit longer for a whole host of reasons. And I didn't really want to do that, but I was considering it. And you know what, that would have been okay too. And I'm not going to regret the classes that I did take if I had ended up making that decision and then like slowing it down or drawing things out. I certainly would not regret the effort I had put into it beforehand. And even coming back to some of the concepts we talked about earlier, I'm not going to regret telling the truth or being less angry or loving people more or going to the gym. Maybe you haven't hit the physical goals you were working towards or you still tell white lies some of the time, regardless of what it may be, we don't regret the time we spend working on our goals, regardless of whether it takes us longer or shorter. We want to invest that intentional time and effort and (laughs) spring this full circle to work through that process of change. That's probably going to get us exactly where we want to go. And that's why we didn't talk about the process of change or the stages of change within any type of time frame, because once again, We are not very good at estimating exactly how long something is going to take us. So, I hope that this has encouraged you to reflect a little bit, consider how you have changed in your life, maybe how you want to more intentionally approach change in your life in the future, and to consider the big and small goals that you've gone after that maybe haven't gone quite as you expected this year, because that's totally okay. We're getting close to the end of the year and you still have time to do the things that you want to, if you want to. And even if you don't, you have time to recognize how far you've come, the things that you have been able to get done and probably all of the hours that you invested in things that matter to you, even if they didn't end up being as many as you expected. Okay, and then this week, I am about to finish. I have just a couple pages left of Argo, How the CIA and Hollywood Pulled Off the Most Audacious Rescue in History by Antonio Mendez. And I know there is a movie based on this book. I have not seen the movie. And the fact that it was made into a movie in and of itself is very odd. Since it's about a movie that was never made in the first place, the fact that a movie was made about, the fact that a movie was never made is like a catch-22 mind-bending conception. But as soon as I saw the title of the book, It caught my attention and sounded super interesting. And it has been a pretty interesting book. Obviously, I liked it enough to finish it to get to this point, especially in the year where I'm trying only to read and finish books that I like more. So I did like it enough to get to this point. There are some slash quite a few slow parts in the book, but it is such an interesting situation and it's so interesting to hear about how it was handled. So I am enjoying that book, although I am ready to finish up and move on to something else. And then today, I would like to toast my mom. One of my other goals this year was to go on a trip with a friend. And we recently went on that trip. And maybe it was poor planning. Maybe just working out this way. But that trip happened in the midst of the busiest month, 30 days of my life. And we had a general plan for the trip. And we bought tickets a couple months ago. So we knew it was going to happen. And I am a planner. Like, I get things done in advance. But this is a trip I packed the morning of. (laughs) Because... I just did not have the time or mental space to get it done any time before then. And even in the days leading up to the trip, like, I knew we had tickets for other things we needed to do. We had days we needed to play. Unfortunately, we were both in school, so we knew we were going to have to fit some of that in. (laughs) So we weren't trying to have too hectic of an itinerary. But since we were going to go visit my parents and enjoy some sunshine my mom really stepped up and she booked things, she made plans and itineraries, and she had stuff lined up and she made reservations. And it was such a weight off my mind, particularly because I hadn't even packed, but to know that things were lined up and we were gonna be able to do some of the things that we wanted to do and some surprising fun things we didn't even think of. So I just would like to toast my mom for making that trip happen, making it amazing in a way that I probably wouldn't have, even as I looked forward to the trip and was really excited for a break and a change of pace. But it really wouldn't have been the trip that it was if it wasn't for her and for making that happen. So I'd like to toast my mom and all of the effort that she put into that for us. And with that, thanks for tuning into the Resolve podcast. You can follow me on Instagram at Carly Tizano. I would love to connect with you. And don't forget to rate and review. It really helps other people find the show. And subscribe if you haven't already so that you don't miss another great episode next week. For the show notes or additional support in reaching your goals, check out carlytisano.com. Until next time, here's to all that lies ahead.